Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. I feel like having fun today. I was telling Pastor Steve, I was in the hotel room, just with the Lord having fun. I'm like a, a little kid to him. And I was singing the song we sang last night, and it was called Jesus, Your Presence is Gold. It's a flow song. And I was just having a good time. I mean, I dance around the room. I said, well, nobody's here. I said, Jesus, why am I so happy? Why, why, why am I acting so silly? He said, I like when it's like that. He said, that's how you should be. Nothing special. I didn't get a phone call. Somebody said, it's a million-dollar check waiting for you at home. Nothing like that. It was just him. He could do that to you. So I'm going to take you back before I go forward. He said, one thing, I was telling Pastor Steve when we came here, he said, one thing you got to remember Never lose your expectation. He said, you're happy because you're expecting me to do something today. I said, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, the band left me, huh? Y'all know good and well y'all getting... <laughs> you can't leave me. Because what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. That's why I tell them they shouldn't have left. Angels bow before him. <laughs> what a mighty God we serve. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. What a mighty God we serve. Let's go old school for a minute. What a mighty God. A little faster, a little faster. Come on, let's go. Oh, come on, everybody, sing it. Clap those hands. Come on, everybody. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you working hard, huh? <laughs> well, see, when we came up, we sang it real fast. You, you remember? It? You like that beat? You want to try that one? Yeah, you talking? How many of you remember that? That's it. One. Two. One. Two. One. Two. Three. Say. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Well, what? 
of the Lord.
around the country like we do sometimes you don't get a chance to have fun when you go to places you know they they sing their songs and you preach after they sing their songs and then you do what atmosphere picks I just want to have some fun because God is good last night we were singing a prophetic song and we, we can go in and out at any pace that Jesus is precious his presence is gold mm. just that sound right there reminds you of church well now I didn't grow up in church as a kid I caught church in my 20s but I got a message for you today that's going to include every generation yeah, Lord. So, we're ready to go. Amen. Amen. It is so much fun to see my two sisters. We used to have a ball, man. Mm -hmm. 
Let me prophesy to you now. Because I know you're on your way. Let me say these words to you. Daughter, hear what God has to say. Even though you're leaving this area for now, I want you to know, my daughter, I'll still be around. For I am sending you to another wonderful place and I am calling you to preach teach to another race and as you stand in that place that you will go to I want you to know my daughter I'll still be around you Good things are going to happen. Oh, yes, you're going to see. You're going to cause those whose walks are almost crippled. And you're going to cause those blind to see. I'm not sending you there just to stand still and mark time. But I'm sending you there because I've been waiting for you. I won't take away your worship. And I surely want to hear your song. Daughter, I want you to sing to me. Sing it all day long. For you're going to find that you'll prophesy and flow but I want you to know something daughter I'll be with you where you go you'll go and come back and in and out these days but a powerful group of people I will cause you to raise. Your house will be filled with hungry, desperate souls. And I want you to know that I've equipped you for anywhere you go. So peace, peace. Do I say unto you, I'm going to cause you to reach out to the Gentile and the Jew. And there will be those that come, even with their heads that are hung down. But I want you to know, I'll be with you. I'll be around. Peace. 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 
peace to you, peace to your husband, peace to your family. Be at peace. Be at peace now. I'll be there waiting for you. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Boy, it's heavy in here. You did it to me again. Is this good to flow or what's the rule book here? You're going to have a rule book? I like that. You're going to get a house pretty soon. Stand up. You. It's coming. Just put your hand up like this and say, thanks. Somebody's going to give you And I want to tell you something, Mrs. Shepherd. Would you stand? You say many times that in life you've been overlooked and overshadowed and forgotten about and left out. And the thought comes to your mind over and over about these things. But God says, don't have any doubt. For the Lord says, these are the days where I'm going to unravel you like a candy wrapper is unfolded. And I'm going to begin to reveal to you the story that I had written before you were born that has never been told. And it's about your purpose, O woman of God. Take a step forward like this and be bold. For I'm going to begin to understand your purpose and I'm going to cause it to be revealed. And you see these two little hands that you have? They're going to be used to heal sick ones, black ones, white ones, and brown. And the word will go out that there's a healing bomb in town. And it's in this little lady that lives in this house. If you go there, she's kind of quiet. She speaks like a mouse. And they're going to say her husband is bold and he's strong and, and wise. But behind the scenes, she's always been the one with revelation eyes. And God is about to unravel his purpose in you. You're going to heal the sick and you're going to bring them through. And God says to tell you today that you have no more fear. That your days of raising the kids, you've done well. And God is clapping his hands over you. And he's about to tell you, be my healer. The anointing to counsel. The anointing to advise. The anointing to heal the sick and anointing to be wise comes upon you right now in this place today so do not sit back and no longer say God that's them you're talking about it's not me no the Lord says no 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 it's you and it's me heal the sick open blind eyes lift up your head Mrs. Shepherd and lift it up high raise your voice and now you can say out loud that God is
has called me like everybody else. And I stand here proud. Let me touch your hands. There it is. At the end of the meeting, we pray for people today. I want you to pray for people with me. They're going to get healed. The anointing to heal is on you. The anointing to heal is on you. Yeah, I see it. I see, I see the lady that you told me about. God is, you're going to pray. God is doing something here, Steve. Huh. The lady that was sick, she said she was raised from the dead or deathbed. Is she here? I see her lungs right now. And I see God going like this in her lungs. And I saw her lungs open up wide. Open up wide. And they're going to be filled up. They're not going to deflate. They're going to increase. They're going to open up wide. I'm going to say it slowly. I see her lungs and they're opening up wide. God's breathing his breath in them. And they're opening up wide. For the Lord would say to her, it's not time to die. <laughs> I don't know what this means. I never see it. I'm just prophesying it in the, in the spirit. But God says she's going to have connections and relationships and education to boards and, 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 and places that she'll sit with people and she'll, it's very few that will get into the place where she'll sit with authority and those that make decisions for community she'll be involved in these particular things because I'm going to sit there with her as the king of all kings and God says to tell her that this is her day that she should just stand up wherever she are, is and begin to say I'm healed I'm healed. My friend, you got a green shirt on. Your head is cocked to the side. You got your hand behind the chair. Would you stand right there? Black man, my brother, right there with the beard. Yeah, that's it. You've got people that you know from a different nation, I see. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. But God called you to be a man that sets other people free. You say, well, I'm a thinking man, like an engineer, one person that would think outside their mind. But God says, I've had you in my hands all this time. Lift your hands up, sir. Amen. Thank you. For a nation of people has released you to come. And you'll stand as a strong man with God as one. And the Lord's going to put his word in your mouth and his power in your hands. And you're going to travel these days across different lands. And you're going to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because I called your son to carry my light. Don't run. Don't run away in fear. I want you just to bend low and now begin to hear what I say to you. Because I called you from the time you were born, from the time you began to breathe. And my anointing is going to come on you and your family, and you're going to do it with ease. A place I will place you in under authority. And you'll learn the things of the kingdom, and you'll learn how to minister for me. For the day the Holy Spirit begins to call you out and you're going to come forth like a preacher 
with a mighty shout. Receive a fresh touch now, sir. In the name of Jesus. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Even the pressure that's been on you financially, and even the pressure that's been on you for family, God's blowing it away today. There's been people in the workplace that have did you wrong, and God stood back and he said, I'm going to take care of that. (laughs) And God's going to turn things around for you, and he's going to cause you to see because he's called you to be a spokesman and he said he called you to be free in Jesus name amen and amen whoa whoa y'all alright y'all alright you're all right. Just go like this, see? Yeah, we're all right, man. Yeah. You'd be surprised. A lot of people don't like the prophetic. You go to churches, they don't. They just get on with the show. Get on with the word. They don't like this kind of stuff. <laughs> I like that. But when you're a prophet, you do what prophets do. You prophesy. Amen. Mm-hmm. Sir, my, uh, red shirt. Red shirt right there, my friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. You're a good man. And you're a good dad. And, uh, well, I'll just say this quickly. You've had dreams of owning your own business and things like that. And God says, son, I'm going to make the difference for you. And I'm going to give you, come on, come, 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 come closer. God's going to help you with this. Construction, contractors, and instruments too oh, I've watched you I've called you and I'm going to bring you through oh, I just see you building and with construction in your hands and you're making people stronger because you're my man I'm coming to bless you with loans and business that will carry you far and I'm going to bless your business, says the Lord, says the Lord, says the Lord. Your children will honor you, and they'll speak with peace. <laughs> and they'll say, Dad was cool, and he walks in peace. The anointing to prosper as an entrepreneur is on you now. Whatever you dream, the Lord said that he's with you. He's going to make it prosper. He's going to make it work. You go ahead and praise him your own way. Go ahead. Go ahead and praise him. Somebody praise the Lord here today. I was going to add this you need a truck and you need vehicles and God's going to provide better 
vehicles for you. I see your name on the side of the truck. I see your name, such and such construction, on the side of the truck. You're going to have one, two, three trucks at least, and there's going to be a lot of people working for you. And those that laughed at you when you were 17, when the devil tried to take your life away, they're they're going to say, how did he get all this? And you're going to say, Jesus gave it to me. God's presence so strong you know it's good to be with people inside of a building worshiping God we were out of our facility till July and we went back and I remember first week second week it was different but then after the third and fourth week the presence of God because the people carry that presence amen oh my goodness
two angels stand by you and they they lifted off of you this black piece of material and it represented sorrow, sickness, sadness and death and loss and God says he's lifting it off of you he's lifting it all off of you and this is the word he gives you. The nightmare is over today. The nightmare of pain, the nightmare of the attack from hell breaks right now in the name of Jesus. It breaks in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. And a sweet presence of the Lord is going to come upon you. 
in a strong way. He said, you stand there. <laughs> it's over now. You're going to rejoice. Things are going to turn around for you. And you're going to sing. Preach in this place. This, is a, this, this place is like a bar. To come here, you gotta get drunk all the time. You can't even preach a message anymore. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. Yes. Miss, you're right there in the corner. I can see you in the last, right by the wall. Yeah, you got your hand up. Keep your hand up. Do you have a young man in your life? What I mean by that is like a son or a nephew. A son, yeah, yeah. This words for you and the son. It's going to be all right. Don't worry about him. I'm going to keep him. In the palm of my hand. And though at times you feel rejected. I'm going to cause him to stand. You're going to lift your head one day and you're going to really be proud of what I've done, done in his life and you're going to tell everybody and you're going to tell them loud, Lee, that I worked a miracle in his life that all can see from what he was to what he shall be. For today, I unlock his destiny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. All right. Now I'm going to share the word. Y'all can rest a little bit, huh? I wear musicians out sometimes. You can get a break now, fellas. Thank God for these guys, these ladies, and Thank you. If you could get on the screen today, the book of First Chronicles, chapter 12 and verse 32, we're going to start there. We're going to look at a lot of things today. <laughs> I see old friends in, in the audience today. My good friend Munchan is here from China. <laughs> Amen. It says the children of Issachar understood the times and the seasons and what Israel ought to do. There are generations with a specific time, a specific calling. A specific purpose and every generation is given a trial and a task and an assignment in the 1700s it was set 
a people free from the tyranny of the royal crown of Britain to create a new nation. In the 1800s, it was to establish that nation and a free people that had been bound for 200 years. In the early 1900s, it was to keep that nation free to build industry that would provide an economy that would touch the world and to stop any nation from taking over the world. In the late 1900s, the assignment was to stop Adolf Hitler and the German war machine from global dominance and to build and create things that would change the world, planes and cars, cities, medicine, factories, production houses for movies, film, television, communication devices, roads and buildings and housing for all people to build a colony of nations that would be an alliance against apathy. In the 1960s and 70s, it was to stop the Re Russian Revolution, to stop nuclear war from happening, and to finally free a people from poverty, racial subjugation, and segregation by giving them the right to vote, to work, to build, to buy, to learn, and to be educated. Purposely to raise up leaders that would shake up the world and stop an unjust war in Vietnam that was killing thousands of young men. This would be the same generation that would like to see a man walk on the moon. In the 1970s, 80s, and 90s, the challenge was to reestablish a vision for a nation, to rebuild its government and its leadership, its structure, to save a failing economy from blowing up, to temper the rise of greed and cavalier living, and to keep up with technological changes that stream from the entire computer industry. Out of this came greed and entrepreneurialism, selfishness, and an every-man-for-himself mentality, swift changes in music and technology had our heads spinning and our feet marching to the beat of another drummer. During the 2000s, a generation of people were faced with war on two soils, from terrorists and two wars and two nations, and the rise of a people who did not know Joseph. Nor did they care about who we were. We went to war to defend the land, the liberty, the freedom, and to protect Lady Liberty. It's this generation that's in its darkest hours still was able to hold things together and hopefully stay on course. And now we see the rise of a great generation that will right the wrongs of hundreds of years of injustice. Corruption, price gouging, food processing, meats even to dinner to save a generation that knows less about their nation than any other nation in history. To save a generation that is more disconnected from itself, its people, its government than any other generation in history. This generation has been handed the assignment from heaven to bring peace out of chaos, justice out of injustice, knowledge out of confusion, healing out of sickness, hope out of despair, love out of hatred, understanding out of prejudice, change out of stagnation, life out of death, and out of, out of division, unity. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. Every generation has its purpose, its moment, its shift in time, and its call. And when that moment comes, we must be in it. We must embrace it and not run away from it. Every generation has to be fully awakened to its purpose and be willing to accept it and do it and be willing to die for it. Jesus said, what should I say when it was his time for crucifixion? Father, save me from this hour. He said, but for this hour, I came into the world. He said later on in Matthew 26, 40, could you not watch with me for one hour? He asked the disciples to pray, and he said, pray with me while I go over here. And they fell asleep, and he came back. He said, couldn't you stay awake for one hour? He came back, and they were sleeping. And he said, sleep on. My time is at hand. In 1 John 3, 8, it says, in the, 
the passion translation but the one who indulges in indulges in a sinful life is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning for this reason the son of god was revealed to undo and destroy the works of the devil in King James, it said, he who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. This generation is a unique generation, and we're all in it. And this is a special time. Luke seven thirty one. Jesus continues saying, how could I describe this generation? In Mark 8, 12, it says, and with a deep sigh from his spirit, he said, what drives this generation to clamor for a sign? Listen to the truth. There will absolutely be no sign given to this generation. He said, don't you understand? I could describe the people of this generation. They're like children playing games in the playground, yelling at their playmates. He said, before there's a manifestation of anything, he said, the Son of Man must pass through great suffering and rejection of this generation. In Luke eleven fifty one, it says, From the blood of Abel, who was killed by his brother, to the blood of Zechariah, who was murdered in the middle of the temple court, yes, the blood guilt of all your ancestors will be laid before you in this generation. I tell you the truth, he said, the judgment for all these things will fall upon this generation. He said, now, wait a minute. We, just, we, just, we were just singing, what a mighty God we serve. We were singing happy songs. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Some scriptures remind us that we have to move away from particular things in a generation. In Proverbs 30, verse 11, it says, there's a generation rising that curses their fathers and speaks evil of their mothers. Proverbs 30, 12 says, There is a generation rising that considers themselves to be more pure in their own eyes, yet they are morally filthy, unwashed, and unclean. Ooh. Verse 13 says, There's a generation rising that is so filled with pride they think they are superior and look down on others. Verse 14 says, There's a generation rising that uses their words like swords to cut and slash those who are different. They would devour the poor, the needy, and the afflicted from off the face of the earth if they could get away with it. But there is a generation that's coming. The first verse I read to you, it said that the children of Issachar knew what time it was, what season it was, and what Israel ought to do. There's this generation, but then there's this generation. You are part of this generation that God's getting ready to touch and God's going to raise up, God's going to move in a tremendous way in your lives. You don't have anything to be afraid of. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, There has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of this glorious and divine mystery until now. No generation has understood the things of God like this generation has. He kept it secret until the time of this generation. God is revealing it only now to his sacred apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit. 
says in King James 3, 5, he says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You and I have to know what time it is. You have to know what the hour is. You have to know what the moment is. You have to know who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do and what we're called to do in a day that we live in in 20, 21, 22, all the way through. Hebrews 11, 2, it says, This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. It was a testimony of faith that they had. Psalm 78, 7 says, In this way, every generation will have a living faith in the laws of life and will never forget the faithful ways of God. It's up to us to continue to tell people how good the Lord is, how great God is, how awesome God is. You and I have to tell people how marvelous God is, how powerful God is. The Bible says in Revelation that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of the testimony, and by not loving their lives unto death in a generation. Psalm 102.18, write this all down for the coming generation. We that see transition, and when we look at the young behind us, all these young preachers that are on YouTube, and they're all over with massive churches, guys that are 30 and 25, they're coming, and it's our responsibility to write it down for them and hand it back to them. Just like we're here today, there were those that were ahead of us that did it, that told it, that lived it, and handed it back to us. You're only a product of what somebody else handed to you. You didn't build anything yourself. What you're doing is finishing what he said to be built by others. Because there's only one house that's being built. The household of faith. Write all this down for the people of the coming generation. So recreated people will read it and praise the Lord. In Acts 13, 36, it says, This cannot be a reference to David, for after he passionately served God's desires for his generation, he died. He was buried with his ancestors, and his body was experienced decay. It's the power of a generation that will do something. Now, I know you didn't expect a message like this. But I ain't finished yet. <laughs> Ooh. In Psalm 78, 3, it says, We've heard stories from our fathers about the rich heritage. We will continue to tell our children and not hide from them, the, hide from the rising generation the great marvels of our God, his miracles and power that have brought us this far. In 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In another translation, it says it this way, but you are God's chosen treasure. Look at somebody and say, you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation that's set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. 
Next year for me, it'll be 30 years pastoring. I'm still only 25. I've seen so much around the globe, I forgot a lot of it. But every now and then, I'll remember something. I'll remember a moment. I'll remember a place. I'll remember a song. I'll remember a face. I'll remember a healing, and I'll remember a miracle. You know, one of the things I remember about coming to this region, one of the first times I came here, I remember a lady got healed that was in a wheelchair. And I didn't want to pray for her, and the Lord convicted me. And we had a service that was going on forever. We were dancing and singing and jumping off the stage and, and just acting crazy. Can't do that now. They stopped doing that. Everybody's cool now. Everybody's sophisticated. Everybody's chilling like Macmillan, looking like Matt Dillon. We were crazy, though. It would be a bunch of people. we just dive, and they catch you, and we keep right on singing. We didn't care, and God was loving it. The more we did it, the more Holy Ghost we got. He said, you keep diving, I'll give you another Holy Ghost popsicle. Keep going. <laughs> and I remember we were doing that that day, and we kept going. I don't remember what the word was that was preached. We just had fun. And there was a lady that came up, a prayer line started to formulate, and I was down at the end, and the Lord spoke to me. He was trying to teach me about healing. He was trying to teach me about the power of his word. And he says, son, I looked at him, and the younger lady said to me, she said, this is my mother. Would you pray for her? I said, sure. I forgot what she said the sickness was, but I said, sure. There was a big crowd around. Everybody was crowded around me, so you couldn't get away with faking nothing. You know, that stuff like, Usha Baba, it didn't work. That old, those old antics, touch Jesus, <laughs> touch, that didn't work. You had to have it. Because when they brought that person there in that wheelchair, everybody stopped dancing and stopped diving and started looking. What's going to happen here? Let's see if he's got the real thing. Let's see if he knows that song, I got the power. You ready to dance already, ain't you? You ready to, what is that stuff they used to do? Kick their legs <laughs> in the Bronx. <laughs> and I remember the Lord told me, he spoke to me, so he, he said, don't touch her. He said, speak. He said, speak. And of course, I, had, I was like Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz when she tried to take the slippers off the wicked witch that fell into the house. Remember Dorothy tried to touch the slippers and electricity came from those slippers. <laughs> and lay little legs curled up underneath the house. That used to scare me when I was a little kid. I was going, hey, mommy, hey, The reason why she couldn't take the shoes because the shoes represented inheritance and inheritance cannot be taken, it must be given. Anyway. I put my hand on the top of the lady's head and sure enough, it felt like electricity hit my hand and felt like my hand burned. 
He said, I told you not to touch her. Because that's all I knew. That's all I know. I don't even know what I saw other people do. They said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Didn't say speak and they will be healed. And so there, she's there, and I tried it again. I tried to outfox the Lord. I was like, this is it. Again, it's a true story. And then something welled up in me. Don't know what it was, don't know what it is to this day, but it felt like something big welled up in me. And I said, be healed. And when I said that, the, the chair rocked back like this. The chair rocked back, and the lady took off running. Instantly healed. And it was pandemonium. We stayed in that place at about 4 o'clock. And we went right back to diving and singing and laughing again. What are you talking about? We have to have stories to tell a generation that has not seen revival. You have to have stories to hand them down to those that have not been in the flow. They've not been in these particular places. It's a different time, a different age. We've got to load them up with presence and anointing and love and kindness. We've got to give something back to them so that they'll be able to stand and give it to another generation. That's real. We have to tell of the glorious wonders throughout the world. Well, what kind of people am I talking about? I'm talking about achievers. I'm talking about people that are going to make a difference. This room is filled with you today. People that's going to make a difference. You that are watching, you're an achiever. People that are going to make a difference. God can use anybody. Any willing vessel that wants to be used, God can use you. And God will use you. Young, old, black, white, red, brown, doesn't matter. God can really use you. And he wants to use you beyond your expectation. He wants to take you to places that you never dreamt that you would be. He wants to take you to places so you can set other people free. You might not believe it, but you have to experience it. And it's going to change everything when God begins to get a hold of you. When you simply say, yes. So how did you get in the ministry? I simply said yes one day. I was praying, looking at Acts chapter 9, sitting in an attic. I was a single man sitting in an attic, two years saved. And I said, Paul, Peter, uh, uh, Paul said to Jesus when he was in Damascus on the ground, what will you have me to do, Lord? And the Lord told him that he was Jesus. He said, what will you have me to do? He said, go. He said, there's a man waiting for you, Ananias, on a street called Straight. He'll tell you what you're supposed to do. You ain't hear it. See, another generation has to tell this generation what it's supposed to do because you've experienced it. You know it. Later on, Paul repeats those words over and over. His testimony goes over and over. He says it three or four times throughout the book of Acts. He said, for this purpose, Jesus said, I appeared to you to make you a minister, to go back and get those who are living in death and bring them to light. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the fact that there's a generation that's about to be raised up. I'm telling you, I can see it crystal clear. See, let, let me tell you how this thing works. People are stuck on the pandemic. 
every thought is the pandemic. 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 I get beat out of anything, right? You know what I'm talking about. That's all you hear. But it's stuck in the election. Boom, the election. Boom, Trump. Boom, Trump. Boom, boom, boom. Trump. Boom, Trump. Boom, Biden. Boom, Trump. Boom. They can't get past it. And even church people are in that mode. Church is divided. Republicans from Democrats. People don't like each other. No more people ain't even speaking no more. They to give you a brotherly hug. Now if you are not on their political side, they don't even speak to you no more. I ain't saying nothing to you till the election's over. We used to eat together. We used to fellowship. We used to go over each other's homes. I ain't been invited to your house since the last time this dude won. Huh. They're stuck on wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, and I believe you should wear a mask. Okay? You're stuck. But the reason why everybody's stuck is because there's a generation that had seen the supernatural that has to go back and tell them there's more than this. There's something that supersedes this, that goes past this that goes beyond the veil it's called supernatural the lord wants the church to come back to the supernatural he wants you to get past being stuck in the natural with fear with unbelief with doubt with negativity with disease with pain with all this mess he wants you to get out of this thing where you're stuck he says come with me i'm going to bring you around this thing you got to see that. Mm -hmm. You got to see beyond the veil because on the other side of the veil (laughs) they're there. The cherubims are facing each other. And in the middle there's the mercy seat where the king sits Jesus on top of the ark in the presence oh let me let me let me give it to you another way see this is why I got that beat in my head I got to get it out okay it's out This is why they got stuck. Watch this. Jesus said, listen. He said to this generation, he said, how many times would I have come to you like a mother would come to her chickens? How many times did I try to get you to come with me? He said, but you didn't want me. He said, so you won't see my face again until you learn to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
And when he left, they were stuck. And all the disciples had left him and fled from him out of the garden of Gethsemane. And they were hiding in holes and in caves because death had blocked their way. Death had blocked them. And they forgot the words of what he said. Destroy this temple, but in three days I'll raise it up again. They forgot what he said, that the Son of Man came to give his life as a life as a ransom, but he will rise again on the third day. They forgot, so they got stuck at the pandemic. They got stuck at the pandemic of death. They got stuck uh, at, at, at the mass. They got stuck at the political system. They got stuck with a broken economy. They were stuck. And when, they, when, when the third day came, I'm moving like that because I'm feeling the Holy Ghost like electricity going through me. They forgot. But one little lady said, I remember what he said. I remember what he did for me when I had those devils. When I was filled with the devil, I had seven devils and I didn't have any way out. And I met Jesus and Jesus found me and Jesus delivered me and Jesus provided for me and Jesus cast those devils out of me. It was Mary Magdalene and Mary said, y'all can go ahead and do what y'all want. I've been to the gate of death before. I was there at the door of death. I had nothing when I met him, but I'm going to believe what he said. And if he said he's going to raise from the dead, if there's a future behind behind death, then I'm going to believe it. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to stop at the cross. I was there, she could say, when they took his body down. We were there when they wrapped him up in the clothing. We were there when we put the spices on his body. We were there when they shut the door. Boom. The pandemic is making people think that this stuff would never change, that there was no future beyond this. Open your eyes because Mary waited until the Holy Ghost led her to go back down to the edge of night and day and she came in the morning just to say well I'm just going to go look anyway he said he was going to raise from the dead and if I'm going to do this I'm going to do it by myself if nobody else believes me that I can get past this mindset and this type of thinking I'm going to do it myself and she gets there and the election's over And the pandemic's over. And the stone is rolled away. And she walks past all of what the disciples were afraid of. Because it was only temporary. It was only for one night. It was only for one night. It was only one night. And she gets past this and she looks. And she it's not here. And she starts to walk around. 
Oh, boy. I'm going to tell you, y'all better get ready because Holy Ghost revival is coming to this earth like you've never seen before. <laughs> and she walks around, and, he, and this man is in there, and, he, and she says, she thinks, that, I love what the scripture says, she supposes him, or she thinks he's the gardener. Because he's probably got a little dirt on him. He probably looks like his hands have been rusty. And, she, and he walks up on her. And she says, sir, where, where have they laid him? Who are you looking for? She says, I'm looking for Jesus. The church has to get back to looking for Jesus. What are you talking about? Because Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He that was dead, but he's alive forevermore. You've got to start looking for Jesus again. And he turns and starts laughing. He said, Mary. He probably had a deep voice like a black man too. Mary. Yeah, baby. Little Barry White voice, you know. She turned and said, Master. Woo! Remember that old James Cleveland song? Master, tempest is raging below. He used to kill that song, man. She said, Master, he said, Mary. She was reconnected. The future was connected with the present. And he came back and told her, he said, listen, all I want you to do is go tell your brothers. Go testify to the generation that's coming. The generation that's locked up. That's quarantined right now. They're scared to come outside because they think everything is over with, that there's no future for them. Go to, and, and by the way, go tell Peter, the one that denied me that he ever knew me for three times. Tell him I forgave him all that mess. Tell him there's no hard feelings, that he just did what was, had to be done. Go tell those that are stuck up, locked up in the church. Tell them that I'm still alive. They came a running. She went and told them they came running. Because, you know, they don't believe a woman anyway. <laughs> God's going to raise up some powerful women preachers in this revival. Ladies, you better get ready. There's going to be some powerful ladies and young girl preachers and prophetess and apostles. It's going to be powerful. Woo. She goes and tells him. She said, listen, listen, I got something to tell you. He said, where you been, Mary? He said, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. The pandemic couldn't stop him. The election couldn't stop him. Biden couldn't stop him. Trump couldn't stop him. She started dancing a little. It couldn't stop him. The economy didn't stop him. He's alive. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Where is he? He's on the other side. 
You've been in quarantine so long, you forgot what he told you when he was with us. You forgot what his presence felt like. You forgot what it was like to eat with him, to dine with him, to fellowship with him, to feel him, to hear his voice. You forgot all that. You've been locked up so long with fear and anxiety, and you've been hitting against a wall that men created, a stone that men put up, and you have been afraid to go past it. That's why you denied you ever knew him. You wanted to fit in with people in the natural. But come on, boys. Come on, fellas. I just saw him. You just saw him. I just saw him. I've just seen Jesus. Eighties. Come on. They start running. They still had a little bit of spark left. They had a little bit of spark left. They had been quarantined for so long that when that word came, you see the Bible says if a tree, if it's cut down, if it feels like it's at the end by the scent of water, it said it will rise again. It was a scent of water that came out of that woman's mouth. She was the prophet for the day. A scent of water. He's alive. She didn't have to scream it. He's alive. I saw him myself. Go check it out yourself. And they began to say, yes, let's go. And they started to run now. The Bible says that they ran, John and Peter ran to the grave. And they began to realize that this thing was open, that the stone was rolled away. And they went inside because there was no blockage. He made a way. And when they get inside, they see the place where they laid him. And on one end was one angel. And on another end, there was another angel. And God says, just turn the picture around. And so there was one angel on this side. And one angel on that side. And they looked at one another like in the ark and he was in the middle and they said why seek you the living amongst the dead he ain't here <laughs> but what Peter had to see that he was there in spirit and that his mercy endureth forever and that he had forgiven him of all his mistakes. And so you see this picture. And when they see it, they see the ark. And it hits him. He planned this the whole time. Because it was the ark that David carried when he took the power of God up to Zion. And the power of God. It was the ark that had the revival in it. That no nation could stand amongst them. It was the ark that the priesthood carried on their shoulders. And they sang the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. It was the same ark that the Philistines tried to touch. And they began to be smitten. It was the same ark that Uzzah and Ohio put their hands to and dropped dead. Because it was the full presence of God that never died but they had to get past the pandemic 
they had to get out of that quarantine mentality and know that there was a future oh I'm almost done I took too long I went out there a little bit They were the achievers. There's a generation that's coming that'll be successful. You see, successful and unsuccessful people do not vary greatly in their abilities. They vary in their desire to reach their potential. They want to see something big happen. They want to make it big. They want to do it. Mary had something deep that was different in her. She said, I'm going to see this dude. Either he's a liar or he's the truth. Mary represents the religious system that is on the edge now saying, God, what are you going to do about this world that's falling apart? That people are in the streets marching, killing each other. White supremacists, Black Lives Matter, killings and murders and all the stuff going, what are you going to do, God? And God says, what are you going to do? Where is my church that's seeking me, that remembers what I told them? When I told them, get in the boat and let us go to the other side. Where is the voice that I released that should be speaking into their hearts? Are they talking about me or are they talking about Vox? talking about Trump Trump did this Trump did that what are you talking about him he said what are they talking about he said you can never get past the veil as long as you keep your eyes on man because the generation that's coming is going to be a supernatural generation they're going to have the power of God like we haven't seen. Why? Because there's young Marys and young Johns in the group that's going to start running. They're going to start running after Jesus. They're going to start running for him again. And that's what this is about. They're going to be people that are going to achieve. One man said, unless you try to do something beyond what you've already mastered, you will never grow. That's my cue. All right. One lady said, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. God is looking for fruit. You're called to impact the world. Many are called, but few are chosen. Called to go beyond, to calling and commissioning. He said, you're called to go all the way, all the way. It's five characteristics of these type of people. Number one, they have a clear vision. Mary never lost the vision. The two men on the road to Emmaus, they had forgotten, and they were discouraged, and Jesus had to come back to them and show them again. He said, why are you discouraged, those fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets had said? He said, shouldn't the Son of Man have risen on the third day just like he said? They said, we just came from Jerusalem, man. He's dead. It's over. He talked with them. He walked with them for a while. And he said, as he started to talk with them, their eyes were open. 
and they realized it was him and it said did not our hearts burn what's getting ready to happen you're going to have people that whose hearts are going to burn for jesus again burn to be in his presence burn to want to be around them they have a clear vision number two they stay focused on their purpose number three they have wisdom and gather resources for for their purpose they do not associate with problem-oriented people they get away from all these people that are doubt fear and unbelievers and they refuse to let the opposition or obstacles stop them they stay on course regardless of setbacks or disappointments these are the people that are being raised up it's this generation it's this generation that's not going to get stuck. They're going to somehow just step through and say, I realize that I pass from death into life. And it's good over here. The revival that's coming is going to be on this side. And the church, the bride, the body of Christ is going to be on this side with her lover, her husband, her savior, her king, Jesus. Because death couldn't hold him. In Acts it says it was impossible that death could hold him. It's impossible. Yes, people are dying. Yes, lots of confusion. Yes, economy's bad. But I heard somewhere that there's still a God. There's still a bomb in Gilead. There's still a king on the throne. He's bigger than Washington. He's bigger than the White His house is bigger than the White House. Or the big house. Or the madhouse or the outhouse he's bigger than all of them because he is the door of his own house and I'm telling you that this generation is going to rise and I need you that are mature and been saved a long time and following Jesus to do one thing preach the gospel to every creature tell everybody what he's done tell your testimony if you had a miracle baby that was delivered and they said that you'd never have children tell it and tell it again and again and again because every time you tell it those demons back up and say I don't want to hear this anymore if you had a healing that nobody said you would be healed from and you got healed because Jesus healed you you tell it and you tell it again and again and again if you lost everything and God put it back in your hands go back and tell somebody I had nothing but Jesus turned my life around and gave me everything you've got to tell this generation and pass to them the torch of faith because we walk by faith and not by sight tell them no weapon no weapon formed against them is going to prosper. Nothing that the devil sets up is going to be able to stop you. For greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Give God some praise today.
you're the generation that will. You're the generation that will do it. Look at somebody around you say, I'm the generation that will do it. Say, we are the generation that will do it. We may come looking with pants hanging off. We may come with sneakers and jeans. We may come with all kinds of hairstyles and colors and all the crazy stuff. But it's going to take that kind of people. If they're radical enough on this side, they're going to be radical enough on this side. Yeah. Did y'all get the message now? Praise God. Remember that word, Pastor Steve just mentioned. Don't lose your expectation. Don't lose the expectation of the next miracle. Don't lose the expectation of the next victory. Don't lose the expectation of the next healing. Don't lose the expectation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't get caught in mindsets and defeat and depression and defeatism. Don't get caught with the wall. You coming on up, sis? Come on. Step across that line. And remember Jesus. Draw me close to you. And never let me go. I lay it all down again. You are my desire No one else can do And no one else could do And nothing else could take your place Nothing else can take your place To feel the warmth of your embrace You're all I want. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.